evoking magic of the everyday wonderment of life and death, one bitch at a time. Step inside, bewitch seance, episode, magic and the bitch. again from this incredible place called Wales. Did the baptism first this time around, stepping into her, you can hear her in the background. Her power never ceases to amaze me. The wind, the waves are hypnotizing. Seagulls making circles in the sky. greeted by Patrick Wynn and what looked like his play friend. He had a play date. I don't know the details, but I do know there was another. And it was a really beautiful start to the entrance, just taking some time to be with the magic that has been Wales. can find these spaces of solitude and nature. <sighs> there just really is no alternative to something so priceless. me think what the fuck is magic it's important for me to open space with intention with smudging I love Palo Santo that scent just ooh ooh wee if you don't, if you don't know, if you're not familiar, you can buy it pretty much anywhere. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful cycle that this <laughs> opens up. The seagulls were very reminding of that all of this week. This new moon week began July 20th. 
And I am saying thank you to todas las cosas. All right, seagulls. All right, I heard you. I know, it's your turn. Here we go. <laughs> they showed up very early on. Yeah, I know. If seagull shows up, it means... You're opening up communication with the realm of the nature spirits, particularly fairies and water sprites. It's time to clean up your home environment and let go and recycle as much as you possibly can. That applies energetically as well. This is my side note. One of the reasons why Palo Santo, any incense, sage, Yerba, Maria, tu energia. It's just as important to clean spaces energetically as it is physically. Continuing with the seagull, it's important to clear up any misunderstandings you've had with someone you're close to that resulted from poor communication. Pay close attention to those you interact with, particularly noticing any nonverbal cues and voice intonations, and trust what your senses are picking up. Spend a significant amount of time at the seashore meditating, allowing the rhythms of the waves and the wind to be your guiding pulse. Thank you, seagulls. That they have been. I love other insights as to the things I am deciphering from the messages, omens, magic of life. That was from Animal Spirit Guides by Stephen D. Farmer. It's always very helpful to have references to that which you're experimenting with. You know, what the fuck are you putting in the cauldron? It's always really nice to hear other tinctures, ingredients for spells, and so on and so forth. I do enjoy that book a lot. There's also a tarot deck, I believe, with the animal guides. <sighs> yeah, so St. Patrick when when I got here, I love how the seagulls, they come all up, chismosas, and like start making circles, and you see how the noise, the noise happens, the excitement the reminders so for today's Ivan see ya les dije
So for today's <laughs> Spiraling Sunday episode, I would like to open up the question to tarot. The seagulls are more than welcome to chime in. Guess guess what they're gonna anyway. do their thing just like all of us (laughs) as we explore the topics we've already touched on the archetype of the witch and what comes with that through the phoenix cycle the burning of the witch, life and its spectrums, the way we see it, the light, shadow, and in between, let me tell you, there's a hell of a lot of rainbow. How does one process all of that shit? How does one stay true to the weirdness of your existence and this reality you're experiencing? To keep love as the ally. (laughs) Oh, this shit ain't easy. So as we all journey today, for those who are like, why is she talking like fucking Schmeagle, is because I speak of we as the guides, the seen, the unseen, (laughs) call it what you want, whatever makes you sleep better at night. You gotta do you, boo. You gotta do you. So tarot. May we were reminded. Of. The seven of pentacles to keep close to our hearts and in our minds as we navigate the weirdness through space and time, space and time, pentacles seven. The royal diadem, recuperation, exchange, gain. Mmm, yeah, bitches like that. (laughs) They are a good choir to have around. It's it's serious, like, hallelujah moments. (laughs) 
on the fucking of course there's a seagull hello <laughs> there will be an image of the seven of pentacles for you to play with decipher on your own in your own space time whenever it is that you're listening to this how it pertains to your moment because there is no such thing as coincidence They are chatty today. I understand. There's been a lot of excitement building up this week with the newness of the moon, how I was mentioning. It's been a it's been an incredible magical process of patience and listening, (laughs) accepting and being, and really considering what is magic. I was able to categorize categorize in a triad which again starting at 111 I love things in threes Hmm. threes and sevens and whatever other number you want to pattern in so there was this exploration of what is magic because even though it's something I can recognize and was able to from a very young age it was my assumption that everyone here had that lens until about the age of seven But prior to that, I had a very clear understanding that we were all magical beings on this magical floating bubble in space and what we all got to play together in this. That was so exciting. And with the spectrum of light and shadow, it was so light that period in my life where there was, as I've said before, just unbarred weirdness 
of living on this magical rock. So being able to recall the memories that I had through magic as a child and being able to now look at them in retrospect, not only to be able to sit here and remember those, but tie them into the moments of now and recognizing and being able to define or title, categorize, because that's what we need to do as humans in order to have a better understanding of what we are in, of that is the way we construct our reality, our everyday. And being able to now look back and have a name for these things It's important for me to file away and that way it also allows me to be able to have a way to explain, a way to paint these images for those that have never had this, these experiences or maybe they have and they don't recall them because most of us, all of us, <laughs> are intuitively connected to magic as children, we see it all the time. Go out and like just observe kids play, you know, your nieces, your nephews, whatever kids you have like in your life because they remember they are in and they remind you of the magic that we are always existing in, that we are a part of the symbiosis of the rhythms of the natural states of water. Hmm. Ooh, that water, man. That water, woman. That water. All of y'all. It is so reminding <laughs> that the tuning in to the subtle sensations that connect us to the seen, the unseen worlds, that is magic. And many of us there's fucking layers upon layers upon layers where the sensation isn't felt in its rawest form. We've become numb to our own feelings, understanding and experience of our own individual realities. They all serve one another. Just step out into nature. We all serve one another.
with my understanding of magic, I was curious to know what the fuck is the Webster's Dictionary version of magic? How has this been interpreted? And like, if somebody were to just be like, what the fuck is magic? I'm going to look it up because I don't know what the fuck this bitch is talking about. It's an extraordinary power or an influence seemingly from a supernatural force, which I think is pretty close to what I came up with when I thought about what the fuck is magic? How would I define that? How would I paint that for somebody? Now, I can see from this definition that like an adult wrote it, Uh, a magician. And I think magicians for me are the adults. And I use that in the term of very Peter Pan and Hook, you know, where it's like, never grow up, never. But it's like, yes, the Lost Boys had a point. But also, where do you find the balance of adulting and then fucking staying true to yourself and the magic that's existing? So... I noticed how magicians created illusions. They constructed, literally, buildings, um, structures, careers, economic systems. (laughs) Uh, It goes on and on and on of this game that was adulting. It was life it was the game of life that board game has always creeped me out that one and monopoly i fucking hated those weird ass games because it was like playing playing house you know as a kid i hated that shit too it was these magicians forcing their illusions through a board game in a way that bored me not interested what I was interested in was moving past the illusions that these magicians were creating to listen and to accept the natural rhythms of my circumstances that is when I was like ah okay witches, wizards magicians and magicians can always recall the magic that is Part of being a witch and a wizard, reminding them, hey, hey, you ain't a muggle, you ain't a squib, you can do it too, okay? Yeah, girls, recognizing that you are that power at such a young age. <laughs> Try burning me, bitch. I mean, you'll burn me, but you ain't gonna kill me. Mm-hmm. I was weird from the get-go. There was no escaping it. To my parents, you're welcome. It was everything from sensations. That's usually how I would 
and translate information was through what I would feel as we all do but we forget and those sensations came with visions had dreams births, deaths earthquakes um, you know natural disasters of sorts started keeping a dream journal that's been a thing since I was young being sensitive to energies and spaces my grandma's house in Mexico being extremely haunted um, feeling close to nature talking to the sprites and the gnomes and the jeremy's the small little insects the seen the unseen the rocks the trees uh, really enjoying that over the company of most kids there were some pretty dope ass witches and wizards that I've come across since you know from a kid to now Ah, so happy they've only become weirder man so delicious so delicious so there was this recognition that the natural rhythms of magic happened in nature but I was not in nature I was in big ass cities and it was hard to find that aliveness in nature and the fear of these things that were happening through my eyes through the third eye through dreams through sensations (laughs) through the things began to translate in church. I grew up Catholic and listening to the scriptures, I recognized that there was magic in everything that was being said, that which was being experienced, felt, and seen was a thing Jesus said. And so that was fascinating to me. And then terrifying at the same moment because somebody in, at some point, it was probably my grandmother, that magic and the devil come hand in hand. First of all, that both of them are just bad um, seemed odd to me because I didn't see bad, I didn't see good when I was out in the world. In nature world not human constructed mall world so I, I found it really terrifying and exciting to be told that I was going to go to hell if I continued following this magic but it did scare the shit out of me to the point where I didn't know who to talk about it with And my parents served as confidants for quite some time. Uh, I think the younger you are, the more obviously they are to entertain your weird world. You weird little thing that doesn't really have an experience. (laughs) And there's a point where kind of there's a boundary where it's like okay magic can exist between the ages of this and this but after that you can't talk about that anymore and 
for some time I had been having these dreams. My mom processed that through hiding a rosary under my pillow, which I didn't know about. The dreams had stopped. I told her about it. She told me to go look under my pillow. There's a rosary. This created confusion in my head. The dreams were specifically about the devil putting me through these tests that I would pass, then enticing me to essentially the dark side, which I wasn't particularly interested in. Um, I was more interested in like, is heaven and hell really here on earth? Because all of the dreams would be on earth, but the devil would be on earth. So, you know, it ro- it it just stirred my curiosity in a way that maybe it would scare a lot of kids and be like, fuck that. I'm just going to not even question it or be curious about it um, because now I'm fucking scared. I'm going to be in damnation for all of my life so those (laughs) those dreams those weird things that you're trying to untangle along with the fact that I considered the magicians that I lived with particularly my mother later in life when I was just with her she was this queen in my eyes and when I came to her with a dream that I had these dreams were not new this was just the first time that I had shared one with her. They were ETs. Uh, ET is short for extraterrestrial, other beings that are not earthlings of this rock. And I shared this dream with her, and I could see in her face immediately this expression that I recognized from the kids on the playground at school of, you are a fucking weirdo. But not only that, there was I could remember her... Um, there's worry of what the fuck is wrong with my kid and also wanting me, wanting to love me through that, but not knowing how was the moment that my mother burned me unconsciously. I was tied up at the stake and burned There was this deep sadness that I felt in my body when I could see that I couldn't talk to my mom about the magic that I was experiencing in life. Not only that, but to see that her glimmer wasn't there anymore. It was like, oh my God, my mother's one of them, you know? And you always think like, no, but your mom's the fucking, (laughs) but your mom's a cool bitch, you know? And then it's like, no, your mom doesn't know what you're fucking talking about. So you go through this process of this burn that happens when somebody tells you that what you are experiencing in your reality doesn't exist. And not only does it doesn't exist, but if it did exist, you should be terrified about it. (laughs) Because... There's the devil and damnation and all the things. What's ironic about this entire process, because it is going back to the Phoenix cycle, the burning of in order to restore anew, is that it's magic of burning something over and over again that allows it to come back stronger than before. 
I didn't know that then. For me, it was sort of a thing that I just would hold on to secretly. And I would mention some things here and there to people that are close to me. But, you know, I keep it on the surface. We're not going to really go into details. So unless I... There are a few brujos and brujas that you can talk about this because it is the language that they speak. So it's easy. But back then, you know, you're a kid and you're you're a kid. So there's that. The way I adapted that in the spectrum, as I said, it was this, the breaking down of a lot of things that I grew up. My belief systems were becoming something else and instead of it being a gray area it was all rainbow because I just wanted to explore everything all of it so I could question that more and more and then that and then it was just this constant breaking down of things but growing up in the city it was very hard to get into nature without money without transportation without all of these things the city is too much, people are too much, just completely overwhelmed with monkey brain noise of the outside, knowing that uh, being in nature is helpful, but not being able to get to it, and the only escape were books, along with art, which came hand in hand with my mother's burning of little me, mini me. Luca, mini-me. And it was art, and I'm putting books, obviously, like, in art, that allowed me to be just weird enough to be able to function out in the world. I could be weird. I wouldn't talk about magic, but it was okay that I didn't talk about my magic. It was okay that I could be weird and that was sort of enough for me because I could function and that was fantastic. So escaping in literature, in plays, in characters, through art, developing my weirdness. And as I got older, it was a lot easier to talk to other witches, uni is a turning point for many people that live in a bubble. And as I continued breaking down this idea of Catholicism in my world and Jesus and the Christian God, literature just continued to open that for me. And through different stories of folklore and mythology, I saw the common thread of the creation myth and how this magic existed in all of it. So it was very exciting to feel a validation of the thing that I had just kind of not been talking about for a really long time. And then you get into the lectures of string theory and black matter and the way that everything vibrates in the universe, (laughs) the way that water can create fractals in natural patterns it's amazing to be in a space where there are other like-minded individuals that are supporting that part of your highest self 
And I also found, again, the deep sadness that I did when I was a child because I could only speak about the magic through these concepts. So everything was from a very, like, well, you technically, I can sit here and talk about this all day, but I have zero experience of, you know, and that started becoming boring to me as well. That was something that I felt, why am I doing this anymore? I'm not sure. I was understanding the language of magic in life, but through the books I was reading. And then grad school didn't seem like something I really wanted to do anymore. So I started asking myself, why the fuck? Everything that I feel that I'm passionate about, everything that I'm putting my time, my energy into, there's this disillusion that happens. What is that? And that became a lot more interesting than new choice, new choice. Well, now I'm going to do theater. Well, now I'm just going to focus on grad school and doing theater in grad school and opening that in the professional world and so on and so forth. But I could see how life was pulling me in a different direction and that terrified me. I, I don't know how to phrase it in any other way than that way. It made a lot more sense when I was introduced to plant medicine, plant medicine being entheogens, entheogens, plant medicine, that which connects us to the divine. Some examples, there are many. Uh, Maria, cannabis, mushrooms, Tatura, Iboga, Bufo, Mescaline, Peyote, you know, there are many. So that is an example of what I'm talking about when I refer to plant medicines and theogens. It was, as this transition is happening, I sit with the mushroom teachers. They open up Pandora's box nothing's ever the same and everything that you thought you couldn't explore is now fair game and that reminded me myself of why I this I the second I the illusion of I is here experiencing experiencing and it was something that I no longer cared to hide and I was moving into that on December 12, 2012 December 21st I saw it the other way around in my head <laughs> on December 21st 2000, 2012 I sat down for the first time with the mushroom teachers by myself in nature in dark at night among the stars and I saw my mother's death I saw her transition into the next. She was still alive at this point, had already been diagnosed, went through the process of surgery, 
everybody was very optimistic about her recovering, but I saw her die. And like all the visions, I observe them. I observe them for what they are. And little by little, things begin to flow and make sense. So recognizing this through my own Saturn return as well. For those that aren't familiar with Saturn return, it's like when the hobbits have second breakfast and life offers this second cycle of puberty if you may where murphy's law comes into place and everything that can go wrong will go wrong and you simply have to get on the fucking roller coaster and ride it without a seatbelt on hang on so with all of these things blending into one another, entheogens also showed me that through the process of death, the magic expands, if, if you may. The aha moment of connecting the pieces, which you either didn't want to connect, couldn't connect, all the aha moments that happen. And... I let go of the Christian God, Jesus, Joseph, and Mary, which was very difficult for me to do because I had to deconstruct all of the notions that I wasn't going to go to hell and remember that we create our hell and heaven literally here, moment to moment. And religion became this ritual and there was a reverence in magic and in the connection and the symbiosis of why we're existing, how we're existing, and that every moment is a divine moment. How do we flow into that? Phew. As death tends to be a catalyst, it was the death of my mom, the death of myself that led me to just seeking even more. I tend not to stop <laughs> when something profound happens. Neither good nor bad, just profound, and that can go any which way. I want the curiosity of more it did kill the cat and I'm okay with that it led me to let go of even art which was very difficult same you know the belief system of falls apart the belief system of falls apart fill in the blank so this world that I seemingly created is just falling through my hands like sand. And philosophy <laughs> led me to meditation and meditation to philosophy and then magic to nature and nature to magic. And love 
and laughter for life. Laughter. It sounds like laughter and somebody having a stroke and then saying laughter, but it is that combination <laughs> of love and laughter, which is, as I've said in the first episode, this triad of creation that happens as we each go through our process of breaking down the archetype of the witch in the woods and sometimes we have to go deep into the woods in order to remember our magic again but through that process we hope to be able to start healing ourselves And through the healing ourselves, we love ourselves. And through the love of ourselves, we forgive ourselves. And little by little, everything starts domino effect across the horizon on its own. magic what are those incredible patterns that happen when you listen to your heart call what is that I have no fucking clue but I know that it happens (laughs) I have enough evidence in my lab as my own bruja bitch I've been taking notes since I've been a child (laughs) And I have the proof before me. I'm sitting in her. In the spectrum that we're given here with life and light and shadow and rainbow in between, it can be very easy to forget that you once had a glimmer in your eye. It can get drowned out. You don't feel heard, you don't feel seen. We're all here to remind one another that we are here to create this magical wonder. Juntos. Como magical bitches all together. My mother's fear of her own journey allowed me to step into my own weird. It allowed me to be born again from the ashes, to come out of the woods saying, I'm not moving. I'm staying right here. 
and I'm growing my garden and you're all welcome. And I'm more than happy to show you what I'm exploring with because this is all an experiment and the only way we're gonna learn is from sharing with one another. Caring and loving yourself first and foremost and by default everything else. Love as the ally. is the next thread to stitch, to stitch into this. I will expand on that in the next episode. Gracias a todos, a todo, por este momento, for this moment. wherever it is in time. And may your darkest shadows remind you of the incredible spectrum that exists in life and death. And bookmark. Seagulls were really pissed that they missed then, so they wanted an encore. And I said, yeah, I need to say that at the bottom of the episode, under web of spells, you'll find all of the puzzle pieces, breadcrumbs of this episode. And you can join us tomorrow for the second part of Magic and the Bitch for Magic Moon Days as we welcome other witches and wizards asking them the question, who burned you and when were you born again? Until next time.